make me feel so young You make me feel like spring has sprung Like the way he's speaking His confidence is peaking Don't like his baggy jeans But I'ma like what's underneath him and Love is a Snarky Hag, and today we'll be covering previously unaired Christmas. I'm filling in for Space Orphan 18 because she feels that this episode is an AU and that it doesn't exist, and so she's not really here either. <laughs> and now I'm going to have the guests introduce themselves. Go right on ahead. Okay. I'm um, Kelly. I'm Kurt McKinnon on Tumblr. Uh, Sladiest on Tumblr. I'm Wow Bright, and I'm Wow Bright on everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a quick shout out to two of our other podcasters who were unable to uh, be with us tonight. Uh, Perfect Anomaly, who was going to have great meta, but unfortunately uh, couldn't make it. And our resident Christmas expert, C. Kerouac, who's probably Mm -hmm. out there drinking somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) She's not. She had something. Yeah, she probably is. Okay, so um, we're tackling sort of a complicated episode in that some people argue whether or not it actually is an episode or not. Um, And I want to start off by talking about the introduction for this episode that sort of sets the scene for what we're about to get. And we open up with Sue in a Christmas-themed room. There's a roaring fire. There's stockings. And she's explaining that this this particular episode was actually filmed last year, and it was supposed to be last year's Christmas episode, but it was too much for the censors. They couldn't do it, so they buried it in the vault. Uh, fandom, I guess, have clamored for this episode, and they are now releasing a highly edited version because it was so controversial. They just couldn't handle it. Um one of the things that she mentions that I think is kind of funny is one of the things she says is edited out is an entire subplot involving Blaine and his obsession with Yule Logs. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> sad about that. I know. Yeah, I've been hearing really about Blaine's obsession with Yule Logs since like 2012 <laughs> or whenever he got introduced to them. <laughs> and the other thing she mentions yeah, is or several scenes uh, why Schuster abandoned his dreams to come back from <laughs> Washington, D.C. and teach his merry band of misfits and losers. And since it was several scenes, I feel like we can agree that that was a good thing to miss. <laughs> um, 
So they have this lost episode previously called Rough Trade Santa that was rejected by Fox in 2012, recut and trimmed to make palatable for 2013. That's what she says. Yes, what she says. One of the things that I enjoy about this intro is that um, what she's doing while she's giving this exposition is she's stuffing coal in the stockings of other women who would be up against her for an Emmy that year, I believe. Oh, yeah, Melissa McCarthy. um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, was it Emmy or Golden Globe? Because, like, Meryl Streep would not have been in anything that would have called for an Emmy that year, would she? Maybe it was Golden Globe. Because it would have been around Golden Globe time if it was a Christmas episode, because the Globes happen right after the Christmas holiday. Yeah. So her her award rivals. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Okay. But yes, it's hilarious. (laughs) It is hilarious. So we start in Lima, which sadly does not have a subplot about Blaine and his Yule Logs. In fact, there is a noticeable lack of Blaine. That was one (laughs) of the things people did not like about it. Well, but um, oh yeah, I was just thinking because they told him to shut up at the beginning of the episode, oh, yeah. and so he did. You know, until I rewatched it, I actually thought that that was his only line in the episode because I didn't remember any other ones. Yeah, yeah, no, he <laughs> so, definitely has some lines later. I watched I, it twice I, today. <laughs> but I did totally think for a minute that that shut up, Blaine, was pretty much his only line, and that was funny. <laughs> that would have been funny. Um, So I don't know how much people are clamoring to talk about the Lima side. There's basically two plots going on. And remember that this one, even though it's airing in season five, is supposed to be set in season four. Um, So you have to remember all the details of what these newbies were doing in season four at that time. I admit, because I didn't pay attention that much, I sort of didn't realize that we were supposed to, this has been like a rewrite on Kitty and she had been nice now as opposed to still being mean. And I was supposed to catch that and I didn't. Um, But basically, um, New Directions is trying to both win the tree trimming contest and the the McKinley High School non-denominational Christmas club is putting on a living nativity scene. Both those things are hilarious when you think about public schools and the fact that you're not supposed to do that. Um, But does anybody want to talk about anything in particular before we go into the tree? uh, I I would like to say that I think Cord Overstreet looks like he's 30 in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Is he, was he actually 30? How old was he? I don't know if he was quite there yet, but man, he does not look like a high school student. <laughs> no, he does not. More more than usual. But other than so, that, no. <laughs> I had actually forgotten. I, was it Artie or, or Sam who had said, I had forgotten that anybody actually brought up that you're not supposed to have a Christmas nativity at a public school. But somebody did uh, mention that and everybody. It just, was, I thought it was Jake. Maybe. I think it was Jake. It might have been Jake, yeah. I think it was Jake. They somehow, for whatever reason, didn't care about the Christmas tree. I mean, it's not the first year that the Glee Club has done a Christmas tree thing. Yeah, but they, no, not Christmas tree, in nativity. Yeah. Sure. So, sure. I mean, yeah. courts have upheld Christmas trees, but usually they are not cool about nativities. So. Yeah. But it also, yeah, I mean. On the nose. No, but it also depends on if there's somebody there who's going to complain about it. I mean, part right. of how. You know, if they're someplace where they do this every year and nobody ever complains about it, then of course, you know, and they're going to do it whether they're supposed to or not. Right. But well, we don't know I that. mean, the, the thing, well, I, and I, I just kind of took it as a, as a, um, as, well, a lot of this episode, like little in jokes at 
Lee's expense because I know there was an issue. There's probably more than this, but I do remember Shu asking Joe to lead them in prayer in one episode. And there was, there've been some other like, you know, church state little issues that have come up and, or just been, you know, they've just blown through without anybody actually mentioning that it's probably illegal what they're doing in, in, in various episodes. So I just kind of wondered if that was a, I mean, yeah. now they're really going to blow over, blow through it. But somebody did at least mention that it was a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You would think it would be Sue. But well, here's my my also I mean, part of the reason where this fits very much into the AU universe is that Sue is a total normal human being throughout this entire episode. Yeah. She is a normal she, human being. She doesn't she do anything. Voice of strange. reason in a lot yes. of them. She isn't remotely Sue at any point in this episode other than when she's putting coal in the stockings. So throughout <laughs> the entire storyline, she's a super normal human being, including mm-hmm. all of her inter- interactions with Becky. Yeah, that's you're true. Right. So AU well, okay, but the other thing that I was wondering, I did not have time to rewatch every Christmas episode, but <laughs> on all the Christmas episodes, doesn't it usually start out with Sue being her normal evil self or perhaps more evil than usual and then having her heart melt by the end of the episode? Typically. I, so. I, I mean, don't know, but this wasn't even once. a heart melty. She was just like a human being. Like she was no, just no, a regular I... person. But but yeah, maybe. Maybe now that you mention it. So so Tina really wants to win the tree trimming contest because she thinks it's going to get give her <laughs> a thousand-year-old antique glass angel with magical powers <laughs> to bring good luck and possibly a boyfriend. From <laughs> um, Queen. Yeah, from Queen. And Sam is really excited about the going green theme because he wants to use pine cones and LED lights. LED lights clearly are not <laughs> a green item. <laughs> oh, not green. Yeah, a green item. Yeah. But that is well, the scene where we get okay. that was a joke. joy to the world. <laughs> oh, wasn't it? Well, LED oh, lights are like more energy efficient than any other kind oh, of Christmas light. I think it was lights at all that they were making. Because it was supposed to be all natural, all naturally yeah. decorated. Well, I don't green. Know. I'm slow today. <laughs> Moldy <laughs> bread. It's a weird episode. <sighs> So from there, we go into um, a look that I love, which is Beast wearing a Christmas sweater and antlers. Yeah. <laughs> leading the, leading the, um, the group of people in the McKinley High non-denominational Christmas club. I the same thing myself around the holidays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good look for her. <laughs> for anyone. It's um, a good look for anyone, but it's excellent for Beast. Yes. <laughs> and we get... Um, a bunch of people sort of quibbling about who gets to be the Virgin Mary, which um, is the first part of the episode where I'm like, ugh, no. I'm not that interested in the way that Glee plays with virginity overall. I'm really not interested with the way Christianity plays with virginity. So ev- pretty much from this point forward, everything about the Nativity storyline, save one musical number, is not my jam. Um, but if anybody else wants to talk about it more, I did think it was, well, I did think it was, it was, well, first it was kind of sad when you heard Kitty, you know, like, cause you know, her story later on, like, yes. um, history that you learn that she doesn't feel like she's worthy of being the Virgin Mary. And then I thought it was nice that the, that the club, you know, they didn't know her whole story, but they, they did, they helped her feel better about herself by the end. And so it, 
thought that was nice. Yeah, that's true. She sort of gets the Sue treatment of like not being very nice at the beginning and then mm-hmm. gets a redemption arc. Don't you think though, mate, they selected this particular Lima based storyline though, because it would provide the most possible potentially offensive lines to go down in terms of whatever their particular comedy was for this holiday. Um, you know, it's hard for I me mean, because the one, like on the one hand, they are absolutely making fun of some of the more religious parts of Christmas, but then also right. they are supporting the idea of a lot of other parts of it. So I, I, I well, was because you can do both. Yeah. So I was sort of hard. It was hard for me to judge whether or not like this whole thing is just a great setup for love child or if yes. <laughs> like, the, I mean, really, that's the only There's thing. It's a I long way to go for one joke that it, <laughs> so, is like a, so like a really long way to go. Yeah. But we have sort of in tandem with, um, the story of what we can call, uh, Kitty's redemption is a semi-redemption of Becky um, and Becky is high-key awful in this episode if you like offensive Becky you get it 200% internet is dropping out so um, are you podcasting too? who's whispering? who's uh, <laughs> <It's> whispering? <laughs> guys I, everybody's totally dropping out I'm having a hard time hearing Hang on a second. Okay. All right. Technical difficulties. Are you interneting in here? I was, but I, I can stop. Can you, yeah, can you either take it to another room or something? Because I, literally every other word is dropping out. Like, I'm getting poor internet connection. Uh, no, no, I can totally stop. I, for some reason, I didn't realize that it would come. Well, I didn't either, but it is, so. I stopped. Okay. I it okay. Sorry. Yeah, but I can't hear anybody, anything anybody's saying. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit and we're going to test it to see if you can hear me. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you, but I'm getting a poor internet connection on um, oh, the Skype on is buzzing me on my device. Oh. Yes. So it keeps bouncing me. So I, I'm getting like every third word dropping out, which does not usually happen. Um, so I don't know what the story is. Okay. Let's just keep going. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to read a little bit of Becky's really awful monologue to Sam and Tina, just to give our (laughs) listeners who probably didn't go back just to get a sense of how awful she is. So, um, (laughs) Sam and Tina are Christmas tree planning and they walk up to Becky who has a hat on with what is supposed to be mistletoe. And Becky says, Hold it right there, sluts. This is mistletoe. I'm super horny, so you better give me some tongue. I mean it, bitch. I want to lick those Asian tonsils. And then, once you've got me all warmed up, I'm going to make you French me because it's Christmas and I'm loose. I have special needs. I'm, and one of my oh, special God. needs is mouth sex with your face. <laughs> well, at least Tina says no. So, um, they're not excited about that. And they, they rebuff it. And Becky shoots back that she gets whatever she wants or it's discrimination. And then comes in Sue, sort of the mouth of reason, explaining that, no, they're just being fair to you. And she pushes back that she's been treating Becky differently. Though she does point out that Becky is wearing poison sumac on her hat instead. Mm -hmm. 
Which they really needed to get a better prop if they were going to say that. But (laughs) I'll let that slide since it is probably an AU anyway. (laughs) And then Sue helpfully explains uh, about the Christmas tree contest, which is a longstanding tradition, even though they didn't do it last year or the year (laughs) before that or the year before that. Or ever. Yeah. Yeah. And we get a little bit of Sue dialogue where she makes fun of what New Directions might possibly do with their tree, saying it's going to be covered with um, suicide hotline pamphlets, home sex change kits, condoms, and dental dams. So Sue Um, was still a little off on this episode. She's a little Sue. Um, But then she also has a great line about the tree uh, blossoming, jumping out of its pot, following its dreams and applying for Miata. And then she like <laughs> jazz hands walks away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is actually legitimately funny. <laughs> um, and she leaves the people she's talking to confused again. Um, but sort of to move the plot along. Um, what did you guys think of Becky in this episode? Uh, Fringy, but I mean, I guess that, well, I mean, I'm glad that Sue um, stepped in and didn't enable her for once. I don't know. It seemed like normal Becky to me. I mean, in terms yeah, of I the never... fact that Becky just swings and sometimes she's really horrible and sometimes she's not that horrible. Yeah, yeah. I never know quite what to think about Becky. I mean. <laughs> I think this is along the time when the season five Becky had gotten to this point. So what we're getting in this AU out of season, you know, quote unquote, season four is the Becky that's happening in real time. So you kind of don't really realize that she's being maybe different than normal, but she's definitely going full offense. Um, And a lot of people just didn't like that, which is fine. They don't like it. I mean, I, I find when Becky gets overdone, she's not that interesting of a character to me. Um, And I think that Glee can do a better joke than just be, mean um so i kind of start to lose interest yeah mm-hmm. it's just sort of skated along yeah i mean she gets her, her 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 best move comes later when she you know in sue's office when she breaks everything <laughs> because that was hilarious that was that was great <laughs> So Is that the only you. time she's thrown a xylophone, or did that happen in another episode? I think episode it happened later? in another episode. Yeah, I think it like ended in another one. Where okay, she, like, yeah. Sue, like, exploded out and, like, knocked every, knocked over a keyboard or something. Yeah. 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 But I did think that was hilarious. Yeah, I do think they mentioned one in one episode of Becky's War on Xylophones or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so then... We come on we the last time we get their first number, which is rocking around the Christmas tree, which is fine. Which is sweet. It's great. They're I like Christmas music. It's, it's no, yeah, yeah. It's Lane's not dancing inspired. Around. He's just presents. It's the, it's Lima's only That's secular all. Christmas song, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And we do get a, a bit at the end where the football team is putting jock straps and things on their tree. <laughs> Yeah. And oh, the and the tree, 420 club. Just, oh yeah, just pop plants and brownies, and he's, he's eating a stone. He's eating a pop brownie on television. Yeah. Yeah. Where was um, Fox's standards and practices for this episode? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to. 
So by comparison, they actually New Direction that? does a good job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, like, so she, Sue shows up to judge the tree. I don't remember if Will Schuster is there or not. He was there when they were singing their non-denominational song and decorating See, I don't, I don't think he was there when gone. they judged the tree. The kids are yeah. humming, yeah. Sue compliments it. She lets people know that Becky had actually just put literal green stuff, like uh-huh. things that were mm-hmm. green on hers. Um, and Tina's pretty excited because she's pretty certain she's going to get that angel. So is how the they, humming like, a reference to attention. Oh, well, it's just okay. Go. Oh, is what is, a reference? Is, is that a, a reference to, to something else in Glee or is that just them being weird? Or is, oh, it like, is that a pop culture reference? I think it's just them being weird. Yeah. But it it is, they were doing what, O Town and Bum? So it is like, maybe it just reminded me of the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Oh, yeah. That's the recurring. Oh. I mean, they didn't do it jazzy, though. So, you know, I don't know if that's intentional or that's just my thing. Okay. And then, um, so the next limacine is the nativity singing contest tryouts, which, this is a number which, it was fine. I didn't like it a ton. I thought it was weird that they would try out all three of them at the same time. Yeah. That seemed like, it really just seemed like Unique and her backup singers more than the three of them doing a tryout. Um, and that's, Yeah. But that song, Mary's Boy Child, is, I mean, it's okay. Everybody yeah. seems to really like it, except for Kitty. Kitty hates it, but Kitty hates everything. Did you guys like that number? Yeah, I did. I ended up adding it to my Christmas playlist, because even though I'm not religious at all, I love Christmas music, so, like, every December, like, that's all I play. So I'm glad I found a new song to add to my playlist. So did did Kitty totally hate it before they got before they pulled off the robe parts and were in the leotards or did she was she mostly just kind of horrified in, in her unusual way of being horrified by everything i think she was scowling the whole time she was yeah. like unhappy the whole time yeah okay because beast is loving it right I remember that um because beast likes to have like a, good time. a good time yeah i think she's still wearing this christmas sweater beast likes fun. antlers yeah um, so then we get, um, Sue announcing all the runners up, which is when I learned that the stoner club was called the 420 club. There's something called the biology club, which I don't remember seeing their tree. And she calls them beast football team as opposed to the football team, um, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And this is a scene where Becky throws the xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Becky, just like yeah. the look on Sue's face when she like takes off. Yeah, and it's like, is it in slow mo or is it in slow mo in my mind? It's not in slow mo. It's just in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to explore that. Why is it slow mo in your mind? <laughs> Becky slow mo playing the xylophone throwing. I think <laughs> the past Sue's rampages have been in slow mo. At least some of them. Know, maybe. Yeah, I think so. They play well, open. The only slow mo was like. There's that scene in the earlier episode when Sue and Will are screaming at each other. Is that season one? In slow mo. Season one. Yeah. One of the many <laughs> scenes where Sue and There's Will were so fighting. Many. Yeah. So many. <laughs> in slow mo, where they're yelling at each other on the stage <laughs> yeah. or something. They're spitting. Yeah. 
Yes, that's great. Um, and then Artie, as a casting director, again, drunk on power, excited. He's got the cast list. He puts it mm. up. And Marley gets the Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. Tina and Unique are not happy. And Kitty is pretty unhappy because she's a Christian and she knows about the Holy Spirit. And that so also... Can I, can yeah, I go ahead. Stop. One second. It has nothing to do with Kitty or her Holy Spirit. Why are they... If they're not... Is there a performance in the nativity or are they just putting them all in costumes and making them stand there? Like, why are there auditions? Yeah. Well, standing there for the standing nativity. Standing is their performance? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they usually I, do them, but in churches and stuff, but do, do they usually sing? They usually just stand there, right? They usually just stand there. <laughs> how, if you do a living nativity, I don't know how often that happens. Yeah, no, a living nativity, they usually just stand there, but it could be preceded by a pageant, which is. You know, oh. or it could be after. Also, but like a the living marching. nativity that's outside is usually them just standing there, like looking at the baby Jesus, or and maybe there's music or whatever. I don't know. It's been a long time, but yeah, the it's not a plot line was just Glee's excuse to make everybody perform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, right, I mean, but, like this that particular. Is I mean, you know, like street statues and stuff. That's performance. I don't know. I yeah, it didn't strike I mean, me as strange. This particular living nativity will sing. Because it's yeah. the episode and it's a group episode. But yeah, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> what do they sing? They sing the another end? Jesus... <laughs> do they sing another Jesus song? They sing a super holy, holy, holy thing that we'll oh. get to. It's when the New York people are behind the glass. It's they a hum. Of all oh, of them. oh, right. Is I it Away in a Manger? Away in the Manger. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, twice I watched this today. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> Totally. So anyway, out. Kitty says some really cringy things about being Christian and being pure and all this other stuff that I just really didn't like. Um, but she's tortured and unhappy, and it moves everybody else to try and be nice to her. I thought it was a little weird because, you know, what I guess people are different, but she wasn't raised Catholic or Episcopalian or anything like that, was she? Or Orthodox? I mean, she's like Protestant. I just thought it was weird that she was like, oh, the spirit of Virgin Mary, because, like, I was, like, brought up in about 11 different Protestant denominations, and nobody gave a crap about Virgin Mary, really. Except, like, you know, except when you read, like, the passages from Luke, yeah, she's this great person, but she's not perfect. Like, in, in Catholicism, she's almost sinless, I think, but mm-hmm. in Protestantism, she's just... Like the 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 really remarkable thing about yeah. it is that she's willing to do what God asks of her, but I don't think she's necessarily supposed yeah. to be purer than everybody else. I mean, there is the virgin thing, but even Protestants disagree about whether, you know, what that word actually means. So, well, on TV Trost has um, a page called "All Christianity Is Catholic," which um, is about how like how TV shows like <laughs> they mix up, they tend to like confuse like um, a different types of Christianity and just kind of. Assume that like like what they did they they kind of did that with Quinn in season one with um well they they had right. her they had her praying to um, a statue but um you know it's at, at the same time it's implied that she's more even family's evangelical so yeah they kind of get it mixed up huh is my guess so wait what is this essay on <laughs> TV tropes TV tropes um, oh okay. It's an entry on there called All Christianity is Catholic. Oh, okay. I should totally read that. Yeah. 
I mean, I, not knowing that much about Christianity, my heathen brain interpreted what Kitty was saying is, she's not pure, she's not a virgin, she's more like Mary Magdalene, who uh, I think a lot of people understand to just be Jesus's prostitute friend. Um, <laughs> so I felt like that was the point of it. But also because I have, don't have that deep of an understanding, there's possibly something that I missed. Well, no, the Magdalene, the, the Magdalene thing is, yes. I mean, yeah. that, is you, a, that is a common interpretation. It's not, not necessarily based in the text, but that's a common interpretation that she was a prostitute. And, yeah, and that, you know, the other Mary was a virgin. So mm-hmm. virgin whore dichotomy. Mm-hmm. All yeah. those Marys. Have that all the time in entertainment. I, I, I hope that trope never ends. <laughs> well, I think you might get your wish. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Did you fall off your chair? No, I just had to <laughs> blow my nose. Sorry, try not to try not to sniff, and now I'm like being gross. Um, where are we at? Oh yeah, virgin whore. Ugh. Virgin whore. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Tina gets the angel statue. Becky tries to give her her baby teeth for them, which I didn't. What's understand. up with that? I don't understand. I, <laughs> I just have question marks after that. I want to know. But I thought it was hilarious. Do they just have a list of weird shit they could give make characters do, and then they just like match it up in, in random episodes depending on what they need? Because yeah. I, I would do that. Like I would have that list. No, I wouldn't give her my baby teeth. I would have the list. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Perhaps just more inappropriately gift giving. So yeah, I don't know what how that was supposed hmm. to move them to want to give them the angel statue, but. I mean, the thing I liked about the baby teeth is the infantilization. Well, obviously, that's what Christmas is about, the infantilization of Jesus, you know, but whatever. I don't know if they were trying to be that deep with it. Hmm. Probably not. But I I thought it was funny. I'm not going to try to explain why. I just thought it was hilarious, you know. Irreverent humor. (laughs) She says that she jazz hands. If you have to explain it, it's not a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we move on to people trying to convince Kitty to take the role of Virgin Mary, which uh, Blaine has a line. Uh, she's, he says, maybe she'll realize she's worthy and stop being so insanely horrible. <laughs> so at the same time that one half of the Glee Club is trying to placate Kitty. Wait a minute, we're not going to like huge Blaine meta into that? We could spend the whole rest of the episode you got some? talking yes. about Blaine. I thought it was just joy to the world, shut up Blaine. So we've already, you know. No, <laughs> I know. Blaine is, Blaine is always up. trying to encourage everyone and see the best in all of his friends, even the horrible ones. No, but him too. Like, isn't that, isn't that Blaine's, like, what, modus operandi? Like, he thinks he's horrible, but then, like, Kurt, well, is like the, the number one person who like shows him that he's not, I don't know. I just thought that was well, a very yeah, true. moment yeah. that we could talk about. I don't really want to talk about it for hours, but I was like, no, that's a great a point. With that line. It's a, little, it's a, it's a, it's one of the very many teeny tiny blade nuggets that people get that they get to make meta out of. Cause you don't yeah, always get a lot. Exactly. I don't think I saw any after that episode. So somebody, somebody who wants to write lots of blame meta run with that. <laughs> Or if somebody wants to write about Blaine and the Yule Log, I would read that. <laughs> I've written it already. I, I have. Oh, you have? Uh, ha- no, no, I've had discussions about Blaine oh. and the Yule Log in comments on Live Journal. Oh. From, like, 
season, late season two or early season three. I don't why, know. I, why, wait, did the, it come up earlier? When did the Leo No, it never came up, up earlier, but it was, I can't remember. It was like, I think it was on Mary Flanner's live journal or punk kittens and somebody, people were commenting. Remember back in the day when people used to comment on each other's stories and it would mm-hmm. like devolve into this, like. Yeah, um, I wasn't around back then. So. Oh, okay. Well, if you look, and then, you know, it just devolve into these long conversations about the characters or sex jokes or whatever. And I just remember it. we have having this conversation. I think somebody made a joke about Kurt in the Yule Log, and then it was like somebody else jumped in and just, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Blaine who Blaine has with the Yule, Log. Yule Logs in his hearth. You know, and then it just... <laughs> So well, when I when I moved to New York in the eighties, um, every Christmas they would have the U log on TV for twenty four hours. Yeah, and that that's that was a thing that like yeah. because not everybody had cable and you know not you know and a lot of people had nothing to do on Christmas in New York. You know, if you live in the city and you don't go where your family is, so people would hang out and like watch the U log by themselves <laughs> or with friends. On television. I'm so pretty I'm sure, sure there's that. like four or five different Netflix versions of the Yule Log that you can yeah. play. There may be now, but at the time yeah. it was just Channel 11. Yeah. No, there was a there's a Los Angeles station that used to do that as well for Southern California. I awesome. can't remember which one. Probably KTLA. <laughs> do, people, do people light fires around Christmas in Southern California? Do they have uh, fireplaces? I mean, <laughs> you don't really need it. <laughs> like okay. for ambiance. This is kind of a side note, but does anyone remember that 80s movie, Better Off Dead, with John Cusack? Yes. That Mm -hmm. that scene, the Christmas scene, where they put the, they have the TV set to the Yule log, they put it in the fireplace. (laughs) I know what I think of, and I think of the Yule log. (laughs) That's a good idea. I would do that. Um, So, where where are we at here? Oh, yada, 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 who cares? Blame, blame. child. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, love child. Oh, my yada yada was um, they give Becky the angel, or they decide to give Becky the angel. I don't think they give it to her yet. So anyway, they're they've decided that the best way to convince Kitty to be the Virgin Mary is to horrify her. Um, <laughs> but apparently, what horrifies her fucking delights me because we get yeah. what is my favorite musical number of most of their Christmas episodes. Yeah, Love Child. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, oh, I love it. It's a well, it's your favorite number, number cuz it's not a Christmas song. Right. <laughs> well, it's also a great number. Yeah. There's blue sequin clothes. Um Yes. Unique yes, they were fantastic. shows up very pregnant. pregnant eventually gets on the table. Ryder just proceeds to pull out a bunch of strings of tinsel and then uh, a like baby. like Simba <laughs> holds up a, a black baby Jesus <laughs> in blue sequin underpants. Amazing. And the I, I just like I yes. want to shake the, the hand time, of whoever wrote this. Blaine is dancing around in the background in an angel costume. Yeah, like I want. I need. I, why aren't there more gifts of that? Because like it's so good, it's so perfect. He's so funny. He's so, it's so good. Making the most of his background moments. Yes. Yeah, as usual. He's doing like the arm rolls and the two yeah. step, the whole thing. And at some at one point, I think. Kitty, uh, no, not Kitty. Sorry, Tina and Marley and Unique are holding the baby doll in between them and dancing with it like in a line. <laughs> oh my god! It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. 
I'll yeah, I'll perfect. post the uh, the video of that particular number when we do this podcast because it's the best thing ever. Oh, it's amazing. And a lot of people hate the episode, so they probably didn't like they, yeah. they didn't pay attention to gifting that number. No, I remember very few gifts from this episode. Because everyone was like, yeah. I mean, you can ignore the rest of it. Just (laughs) They might not have reached that point, though, you know. So they missed the best part. Yeah. It was going to get better, I guess. And possibly this is one of the things that people found really offensive. The reason I like it is because it's really offensive. I'm just saying, if you're sticking with Glee, you're in season five. Let's yeah. go, let's go, like, let's drop the offensive. It's irreverent. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like about Glee. That's, yeah. That yeah. And that type of humor, Ryan Murphy shows in general are kind of. Yeah, I mean. That's really. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty tame there. for him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so you and I, you and I watch a lot of these, so. Yes. <laughs> um, so Kitty decides that she is willing to be the Virgin Mary um, Sam and Tina tell Becky that there was a recount and so she gets the angel and Becky shows up uh, with a frightening baby Jesus costume in my Oh my god, also brilliant. <laughs> she has her Super face amazing. Attached, attached to the little to the ma- little to the little to the manger. bassinet and the little yes. baby doll <laughs> she's standing up at full height. I don't remember what the rest of them are doing. I remember that there's some bickering about what smells like frankincense and what smells like myrrh. I yeah, because I you. think Blaine and Tina and I don't know, Ryder or Jake or one of those dudes, they're all like there's three of them are dressed as the three kings and then they must be the other characters in the manger, of which I'm sorry I don't know. <laughs> and Well there's Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph and Jesus. baby and the kings angel. and that. But there were but there were way more people. Oh, Unique was the angel. It's an angel. An yeah, angel. she was. I don't know yeah. if there's usually an angel. I guess there is usually an angel, isn't there? Hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> this is like that. Welcome yes. to Christianity 101. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At with, least in major I don't know about <laughs> nativity. Probably not in it. Wait, no. Oh, well, Brian, help yes. us out. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, so, you know, just to top off the whole super, um, religious, helpful, really nice kitty shows up and screams virgin in the house bitches. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause that's like right in line thoughtful. with how she was handling it earlier. Yeah. With reverence. <laughs> Respectfully. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then they, um, they finish it up with away in a manger, which, it's a group number between them and New York. So we'll talk about this number when we get to New York. Um, though my takeaway from this number is that it's super boring. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, yeah. the, you know, end of the holiday episode. So is this the only, I mean, of all the New York Lima episodes, is this the one with the least actual connection between New York and Lima? Well, there's zero connection. So yeah. Yeah. I'm like nothing. Yes. Like there's no connected storyline whatsoever not yeah. a phone call not a santana says Brittany's name kurt says blaine's name once twice twice yeah he was, yeah he also refers to himself as newly single he and santana right. are talking about the breakups no but there's like no Finn, thread of any yeah well there's no thread yeah. of any kind yeah Except that they both happen to be singing away in a manger. Yeah, that's cool. That's really weird. Do you think they coordinated that? 
I think it's just the psychic connection, you know, especially so. between Kurt and Blaine. Cause that's you know, it. And so they so, knew yeah. it's away in the yeah. danger. They knew without knowing, you know, because that's what I'd expect to be coming out of Saks Fifth Avenue's window. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> as well. <laughs> they weren't dressed like a, if they had been dressed like a manger in the window, then like maybe oh they could have pulled that connection. If they had had the manger <laughs> in the shop window. If the three of them, and the th- the yes, Jesus? with some mannequins. I hope, I hope Santana gets to be the baby God, Jesus. That would have been great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been really oh. awesome. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Now okay. we're going to take the magical express train to New York. The pneumatic tube to New York City. Are we going? Let's go. Let's go. So, um. Santana, who at this point we have to be reminded doesn't actually live in New York, has magically shown up at the loft. Um, she is there with all of her uh, gifts and such. Mm-hmm. Wait, hang on. Let me scroll down to my thing. Here. How exactly does she show up? Well, we just get the scene like with her and Kurt on the couch and Santana. He's opening. Yeah, it starts his, with the present opening. His doll head. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, yeah, about the doll head. Oh, sorry, were you done? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Sladius, did you watch um, Coven that year, American Horror Story? Not until after the fact. Oh, okay. Um, because remember the it's... episode where um, that aired actually the night before this episode aired? Um, there was an there was a, there was a, another head in a box. Oh my God! Yeah, it was. Remember, um, yes. he opened the opened the door, and it was Kathy Bates still living undead. Yes. Yes. Box. yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was it's the night before. Yeah, it aired the night before, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting connection. There was one person on Tumblr that made a post, I forget who it was, that um, compared all the different, the the other um, Ryan Murphy shows that were on the air at the same time as Glee. um, and (laughs) Just compared all the similarities. And parallels between the shows. So the writer's room for all the Murphy shows at at this time of year was like that picture from It's Always Sunny with like all the yarn going (laughs) from one thing to the next and like, you know, the writer's chain smoking. How do we connect it all? (laughs) So, yeah, it starts with present opening. He gets the head in the box. And does anybody else remember the other gift? Um, The The ticket to Dildo Dildo Island. Oh, ticket to Dildo Island. Yeah, which which is a real place. Oh, you Google it? Place. It's in Newfoundland. I don't, it's not really, a vac- <laughs> I looked it up. It's not really a vacation spot. Um, but they do apparently have like a dildo festival or something every year or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Do they, like, are they just calling it the dildo festival? Cause that's their town festival or so, is it yeah. a dildo they, festival? Yeah, the only tour, yeah, they do get tourists that come in just to buy t-shirts. <laughs> and okay. there. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I totally would. So Kurt and Santana are both feeling low because they're still post-breakup. The breakups are still very fresh for them. Um, She tells him that he's been more of a grandma than ever since he's in New York City. And he tells her that she's also being a grandma, showing up with presents and gifts and all that stuff. And uh, we get to the most realistic part of the episode where Santana says Oh, wait a minute. She spent half of her college fund. Because that is something the 19-year-old would do. (laughs) Absolutely. So there is one question I have. Did the Grandma Moses comment make any sense? Like Santana calling him a Grandma Moses? Because like Grandma Moses started living it up like when she was 80 or 90. Isn't that when she started painting? I think so. Yeah, really old. 
Right. So did did her comment make sense? Is there something I'm missing, or did they just like come up with that because it's Grandma Moses and it sounds like oh, an old said Grandma? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Did she say Grandma Moses? Yeah, she said yeah you, that Kurt was being a Grandma Moses, which I was like, well, if he's being a Grandma Moses, that's great. He's really gonna he's discovering his artistic self. But that is which, not what which she is meant. not what he was doing. No, and <laughs> no, it's not what no. he was doing either. Well, he's getting creative in the kitchen. Oh, and then later on, apparently not really. Yeah. And then later on, um, Santana says to Kurt, you were born to play Mrs. Claus and Mrs. Butterworth and B. Arthur and Barbara Bush. (laughs) Yes. I thought that was funny. (laughs) So both Santana and Kurt are pushing on each other for basically being losers. Um, Rachel has given Rachel um, a gallon jug of proactive and some jet blue vouchers and all the other gifts uh, Santana has bought for herself because she's it all seems reasonable. Yeah. That's good. And then um, Rachel comes home and announces that they get to be elves at a mall, which is great for them because it's where people who work on Broadway take their children or something. Yeah, because that's what she says, that all the Broadway stars bring their kids there to see Santa. Yeah. The only that seems place- like a bad gig. <laughs> it's, it's a, also not even, I'm sure it can't even really be. I mean, the only place they have Santa is at Macy's. You got to wait in line for like five hours. Oh, they don't do Santa in the middle of the mall? No. Well, you don't really have Are malls. There malls? Oh. There's, all, there's the only mall that there is, is this vertical mall that's sort of a block and a half away from Macy's. So it's, and it's, it's really trashy and like, and it ha- always has been. It's not like, you know, malls used to be great in New York. There's never been any. There's just this like sort of vertical thing with a really tired pennies. And some shoe stores in it. <laughs> and uh, Santa, though, is at Macy's. I mean, Macy's is, you know, Christmas in New York. It's Macy's yeah, and the parade and thing. And, and so there's Santa is, like, up on, like, the 8th floor, the 12th floor, whatever. And, like, they have the whole thing decked out. So, you know, it's supposed to be Macy's, I'm sure, because there's no other mm-hmm. place for it to be. Well, or in true AU fashion, they've come up with a Midwestern mall and put it in New York. And slopped it right <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. This is a <laughs> and then we come back from commercial or whatever and we cut to them uh and the angry mob of mall kids and drunk santa yeah i gotta say i think they all look great dressed up as elves oh my yes. god elves. like I mean, all every all three of them they look fantastic they except the shoes good well the shoes are fine. shoes they're, they're, you like the part, shoes it's part of the gig you know yeah it's part of it's part of the gig well were they gonna put them in aside from that well, and they sing, um, the ladies were wearing Claus. weird shoes. I yeah. guess he could have been well, wearing. He, like, be he could have been wearing knee-high boots, but dude, oh, he could have ones. Though. That yeah, would have been a good look. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they do that? Uh, it probably <laughs> came with a rental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So Kurt sits down at the tiny piano, Aww. and then they begin. Here comes Santa Claus, which uh, it's cute. Again, it was it was cute. It was fine. It was reasonably appropriate. Um, they did it. They looked very festive. Um, it seems like the kind of thing that should have gone over better than it did. With the with, with the a, audience with the screaming children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But they're um, not Santa. So. Yeah, they're, they're not, not Santa. Santa. That's true. But um, you know, yeah, I, I don't even know though. You know, I I. 
usually these lines are like smaller children and everyone's crying. Like they don't usually bring things to throw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a, per- a new directions performance with Rachel. If somebody, even, if someone didn't well, throw something for Christmas. at her. Yeah. yeah. At least it wasn't a candy cane. Though Kurt does yeah. twirl one at one point. He finds something to twirl. Yes. Of course, Chris <laughs> always has to twirl something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now I can't remember if Santa shows up before or after. Santa shows up after that. Calls He's, Kurt Keebler. Yeah. Um, yes. And it's pretty much just acts like a suit. He has a whole bunch of Broadway insults. Some of them are funny, not funny. Um, it's a negligible then, moment because then he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And Santana somehow has enough time to go home and get in the bathtub. Yeah. I don't yeah. get that because <laughs> I thought maybe that was a different day. No, I, no. I got the feeling it was the same day. Same day. Like yeah, she said, we- I needed a break because that's a salad from from their Bushwick apartment. To wherever the Santa might be, that's a solid seventy-minute train ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but it's TV New York. Yeah, <laughs> but still, <laughs> right. I mean, but in TV New York, every everywhere in New York is right next to each other. Yeah. Just, well, like, she also had like to run that, the man. bath and get in it and be gone for a while. She was having a good time in there. She was having some bubbles. She also had her hipster phone, that was like an old-timey phone connected uh, yeah. to a cell phone. That was weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they ask her to come back and play Mrs. Claus. Uh, in the meantime, Hummelberry, terrible at stalling, always. Uh, <laughs> Santana shows up looking like a very sexy Mrs. Claus and does her usual inappropriateness. Um, this is another place where people felt that Santana had gone too far, which I thought it was thing. hilarious. But it is. It is I laughed at everyone. <laughs> kind of funny. It was very Santana. Yeah. Absolutely. I laughed at every one of them. When she tells the kid that you can't even get porn on the thing. Uh, you can't even get porn on that. <laughs> and then she See, starts going I guess in I on, was funny. And then she starts going in on like unloading all of her lesbian drama to some little yeah. kid. Like, <laughs> her like, no one baggage. cares. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. I laughed. Yeah. And they are freaking out that they're going to be fired and enter... Uh, descending down the staircase and dis- and is- descending in time with the staircase is Kurt's jaw. Uh, <laughs> yeah. sexy the elevator eyes he gives that guy are, f- oh my God. It's yeah. racist. In this Classic. scene, so great. Um, <laughs> because he's talking and Kurt is not hearing any of it. He's, he's like, just, yeah, look at you. you, you're naked. He's just soaking it all in. <laughs> um, now, what did you guys think about... Um, the now suddenly less lesbian Santana that we get from here on out. Well, I mean, she can still like look at a guy and think that he's cute. Yeah, that didn't strike to bring him home. Yeah, I don't know. I well, didn't have a problem with anything that she did in terms of, you know, well, she didn't. And, oh, go ahead. I want to say she didn't really like imply that she wanted to do anything other than yeah. like, say you're hot looking. Yeah, so, like I'm a lesbian, but I can like you know. What I'm about when they're I, back at the I loft? I can look like you know. Um, Even back at the loft. Well, and the other thing is that like her whole coming out process wasn't about like if you remember going back to what was her Holly Holiday and the little discussion mm-hmm. about like where where Santana talks about how she can be sexually attracted to anything, even what right. was it trees or right. whatever, like shrub. Right. Yeah, shrub. And, and so it's more like for. 
so how I've always understood Santana's sexuality is that, you know, she identifies as a lesbian because that's what her emotional, her romantic connections are too. And she ties, you know, she used to not tie romance with sex, but now she does. And so she dates women. That's how, that's how I've always. That is a really good point. I mean, yeah, sexuality is always a complicated thing, but you, you can like look at somebody that, you wouldn't go out with and still say, "Oh yeah, that person's a, that person's very good looking." Yeah, I can look because, at a picture of you know Chris Chris or Darren and say, "Wow, he looks nice," right. but doesn't mean I want to go home with them. Right. Well, I mean, I yeah. just, we'll get to it, but I mean the the during the Chipmunk song, I remember there being fandom outrage about people basically saying that Santana forgot that she was a lesbian. Oh my god. Yeah. I, 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 no. Yeah, I don't see that at all. I don't remember that part. I'm not really on the Santana side of fandom, so I didn't see that part. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see that in any of her behavior in the loft. In fact, you could have just as easily said they've all gotten drunk and she's like pawing all over Rachel on the couch. So like yeah. they I were all that's drunk kind of what fandom each wanted. other and flirting around and everybody was they were having a fun they were having a good time. I yeah. I, I don't see that at all. So Santa decides that he's going to invite himself over to their house. Mm. Um, Kurt introduces himself as newly single and has that great line about deputize. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, dude, you can't even like, he's so awkward. His his line is, (laughs) well, he he has deputize me. What are our (laughs) responsibilities? Yeah. Yeah. That's because it's like a flashing light of this is a man who has been doing some role play. Like he's already, Or he's been doing role play in his he and Bruce. private time, looking at the mirror, <laughs> pretending that he's going to do role play. He, he and Bruce. <laughs> he and Bruce, exactly. Okay. Um, so they've got, and then we get back to the loft. Kurt's um, making, I guess, spiked eggnog. Spiked eggnog. Not um, quite spiked enough. Yeah, Santana's lighting peppermint candles, and they've, Undecorated. Yeah, so that what they the can, hell was that? So that they can redecorate <laughs> because decorating and singing is fun. Which because I mean, that's you Kurt's idea of a year. party is decorating the tree drunk yeah. <laughs> with a naked yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, the hula hoop thing. Yeah, yeah the hula hoop. <laughs> so. So yeah, more people. Were, I fan, more people in fandom were upset that Santana didn't just hate this guy, but. She didn't, and you know it. It moves the story along that she's also part of it. Um, I don't remember. We have, yeah. People were like really upset that she wasn't lesbian enough. Hmm, I don't remember that. Maybe it was that was the Britannia side of fandom. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it would have been. I, I think there's a part of me that would have enjoyed the scene more if Santana had been making moves on Rachel. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that would have been great. Even if she just like you know made a couple of faces in her direction during all the, like, running around yeah. scene. Yeah. But I also don't think... I mean, if you think back to where this is supposed to have been set in the in the timeline, which would have been season mm-hmm. four, at this point, uh, would Brody... Brody would have been in or out of the... It wouldn't have quite been out of the oh, picture yet. Oh, I forgot he supposed to be there. <laughs> so... He's not there because he's gone. But it's a few um, days before Rachel goes on the cruise. What cruise? That, with her dads. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Actually, she goes on the cruise with her dads, and Bert shows up with a tree. And at the oh, end of right. this episode, they don't have any stuff anymore, so it ma- it kind of makes sense, even though mm-hmm. okay, it's an AU. Um, so we have um, sexy Santa unpacking his bag, talking about how he does lots of parties, kids parties, bachelorette parties, bachelor parties, and he unpacks. I made a list: um, balloons, helium, and a gold thong. Yeah, which seems appropriate. The look on Rachel's parties. face when he pulls out the gold thong. I don't know why in Alaska, you guys. Oh my god, her face just is like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, I'm all right. Yeah. It was hilarious. So. Um, they start doing helium, which I only remember giving you a high voice, not making you high. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the alcohol. They were also running around drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And they I don't sing think the they were suggesting. Song. Yeah, they were just singing the chipmunk yeah. song. Yeah. Now I as a child, I love I fucking love the chipmunk song. Um, so I didn't find it as horrifying as I think other people did if you weren't used to it. I was totally okay with it. I thought the whole number was funny. Kurt is sloshed. My That's husband great. sings that song every Christmas in chipmunk voices to my kids and chases them around the house. <laughs> wow, so, he can sing in the chipmunk voices? That's impressive. <laughs> he's, a, he's insane. Um, he, um, but so, yeah, it was just like, yeah, I mean, and I just I thought everybody knew the song. Oh, do people not know the, the song? chipmunk song? Yeah, it's on, on the radio constantly. constantly. If you appreciate the chipmunk song on some level, you like the way they interpreted Kurt as Alvin. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> his his little you know Kurt being the troublemaker. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, it's like it's everything you want. He's like yeah. a dirty little chipmunk who at one exactly. point says he wants a hula hoop. Which, if you remember, the golden hula hoop of destiny. Yeah, so yes. just a well, he tripped over. Yes. <laughs> well, he's a klutz. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the end of the number, he's two fisted drinking. Yeah. Uh, but this is a part where, you know, we get a lot more raw sexuality from him than we ever got to really see with Blaine. And so a lot of people were really very upset. I mean, we had no idea that the rest of season five was coming, that we were going to get some of what we were going to get. Right. So the fact that he's, you know, finally physical with somebody and it's this guy. Um, people Wait, but this is that. after the making out in the car at the wedding, right? Yeah, this is after the wedding. This That's is right. after sexual. Well, if this is supposed to be Christmas 2012, then it would have been, then the wedding wasn't until February 2013. Yeah, right, but nobody right. saw this until the next yeah. year. I mean, in terms yeah, of- but we never got like a full body shot where, I mean, there's a part where he's sitting on the desk and his legs right. are up around that yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, which was pretty awesome. Enough. It was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. But also, it's, you know, Glee is a comedy. So while it's, you know, smatters in those like pieces of drama that really sort of grab everyone, especially Kurt's storyline early on, you know, it's like, I don't think they ever had anything that quite matched up to how strong that was on the drama side. So all the way around it, it's always a comedy. And I don't know that people would have wanted to see Kurt and Blaine's relationship at that level being comedy. You yeah. know what I mean? It's a good point. Yeah. And so, you know, they're there and they're playing off each other. And even in like the serious moments, you know, the the fights they've had, the spats or whatever, I mean, that's sort of how you, I don't know, how they, they put the serious stories into what is a comedy. Yeah. Or, or as my daughter refers to it, a tragic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so, but, but yeah, I just don't think it would have fit the story. 
story they were telling in real time. Yeah. And we do get a nice moment between Rachel and Santana where Rachel encourages her to move to New York. And Santana yeah. says all the reasons why it's stupid, which are all funny because they're all things that then she has done. Like mm-hmm. she will do in two months, things that she has right. done. Right. Um, and they, I, well, I don't the, know, I guess. The benefit forgot. of writing in hindsight. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then they hear like something crash and they go peek around through the super privacy curtains. Um, there's Kurt, like monkeying up this guy's chest. <laughs> yeah. With a leg in the air. Um, Santa announces that he swings both ways. Um, Santana which, announces that they, she's disgusted and impressed because he's finally, because Kurt's finally gotten yeah, wild. Yeah. And they talk about, uh, Kurt, you know, says that he, he feels uninhibited, you know, finally, and that it's he's the alcohol, been drinking. Honey. Yeah. Yeah. And then they cut to the commercial and I'm like, what's going to happen when they come back? To, is it going to be a foursome when we come back from commercial? Like, what is going on here? I think that was everybody's wishful thinking. I think yeah. that was in a fanfic or two, but yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. In the one I wrote, it was simultaneous, but. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they have a whole toast to being naughty. Um, and then. The morning after comes. Yeah. Um, Sometimes Rachel the walk of up. shame is in your own apartment. Yeah. yeah. They were still wearing their shoes. Uh, <laughs> you what? They were still wearing their like high. Yeah, they were also shoes. wearing their shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that seemed awful. Um, they wake up groggy, <clears throat> and Santana makes that joke about being roofied at the little fair, yeah. which again yeah. people mm-hmm. did not like. Also, she would have been like five at the little fair. Like, well, the um, fair. they did. Well, the little fair was annual for a while. Well, um, I looked stopped, it up like 10 years ago. Oh, well, no, I looked did. it up and um, the Lilith Fair did try to do a revival in 2010. Oh. So um, I didn't know that. I don't think Santana up, would have been at the 2010 Lilith Fair. No. <laughs> she would have been underage, but she could, she might have. I don't know. I mean, think about Santana. She Was she even like... I don't well, know. Wait, she did was you like say 2010? Boy, she, yeah, 2010. Yeah, she was like boy crazy ago? cheerleader. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sleeping so, with Brittany. Yeah, or maybe when yeah, was there. Just um, I don't know, let mm. out the other side of herself or something. I don't know. Well, Lilith Fair isn't like a lesbian music festival. No, not technically. Well, I don't know. Don't not be a safe place. Right, right, not te- technically, but she could show up and still, you know, keep sure. her front. Or maybe she, sure. yeah, or maybe she was just going with like maybe a group of the Cheerios went or something, or or she went with a group, or I don't know. I don't know. That seems pretty punk rock for those guys at that age. But. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like Also, would have had to be in Ohio. Whoever wrote that thought it, the idea of getting roofied at the Lilith Fair was funny, which is probably a problem, but I, I think that's <laughs> why they put that line in. Right. Yeah. Yes. It was almost like they wanted to make a roofie joke, but they're like, how can we temper it? Oh, we'll just make it be about women. Right. <laughs> like, it was just by another woman. Like, it doesn't count. No glee. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you never know. The script could have gone up to the network and they could have said, change this. And so they changed it yeah. to something that they thought was less offensive. It could have been something that made total sense. God. You know, there's a, my, one of my favorite stories about having a network or a studio play your script in South Park while problematic now. I guess for their last movie, every time the the studio came back and said they had to change something, they put something else more offensive in it somewhere else. So they <laughs> had to play like whack-a-mole. <laughs> with all of the things they wouldn't accept in the script, and ultimately they just couldn't do it. 
<laughs> so that's how you get around that. So you like mess around with whatever. It's like change all these things. It's like okay, well we're gonna stick this other thing in there. There then. Huh. It happens. That seems like yeah, a very I've... South Parkian thing to do. Yeah. Which is a word I just made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay, morning after the ladies wake up groggy, fully dressed. Sadly, fully Rachel dressed, and Santana yeah. did not hook up. No. Oh, they, they could have been fully on. dressed on Rachel's bed, and that probably would have been enough. Yeah, well, Santana is, like, wrapped up in a bunch of blankets on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's buried. Sometimes you play it where you lay, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they they come upon Kurt making... Kurt. He's been up for hours with a sock in his mouth, apparently. Apparently. Um, and he is... Um, Bound and gagged, hogtied, if you will. He has on a very tasteful black tank and pattern brief, because clearly he sleeps in the same thing I sleep in. Um, <laughs> he has on Good antlers. To know. He has and a tin antlers. around his neck. And I think what's tying him up is the suspenders. Oh, yeah. Yes. Is the suspenders. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to read the dialogue because it's important for the other stuff. So he says... We were role-playing, and he wanted me to be his Rudolph, and when I said no, he stopped being so jolly. He took off his suspenders, and he tied me up, and he did say it was sexy because it was like I had no teeth. Oh. And then the Kissing me was sexy he, because it was... No, like yeah, a, I wasn't yeah. tying him up. Yeah. 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 Santana sexy. is disgusted, yeah. and Rachel is horrified, and then he says, and he admitted that he was only here to rob us blind anyway. And then that is when they cut to a Blaine scene. <laughs> It goes immediate to a cut to Blaine talking about something, I don't know, something that's kitty or whatever. The but kitty it's scene. The, it's the biggest tie together that they have at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they have Kurt was tied, and yeah. so, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I guess not everybody did. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of people who felt that this was assault. And I'm using assault as an umbrella term. Um, and we can talk about it a little more deeply. There were a number of tumblers that I followed who sort of felt that this was their final straw. And they just stopped doing everything involving Glee um, from this point forward. They felt that the roofie joke and then the joke about Kurt in this particular way was just like a bridge too far. Um, and so some people think that Kurt was manipulated. Some people feel that he was sexually assaulted. Um, I don't know how much we really want to get into our own personal headcanons on that. Um, but if anybody wants to share, go ahead. Well, well go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. Oh, I, I mean, I didn't get the impression at any point that he was sexually assaulted. No. You um, yeah, I agree. And, you know... Or that the intent at any point was sexual assault. Because if, you know, what he says is that he said he just came there to rob them. And you can see throughout the episode, he's oogling everything they have in their apartment. That's true. Yes. You guys have a lot of stuff. It's obvious that he wants, you know, that, that something is going on. And that it isn't about them. And that this guy's not on the level. Um, I mean, you can question their judgment as to having this total stranger come into their apartment at this point and getting drunk. But I've done weirder things. Yeah, and they were 19. So it doesn't – and they're 19. They're not in New York very long. They're kind of stupid, you know. You know, so you, you make a lot of choices 
or decisions or, you know, you do a lot of things that you, later you think, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. I'm so lucky yep. I'm not dead because God knows I did plenty of that Yep. at that age in New York City. So, you know, you think, oh, my God, this is a humiliating lesson learned. But at the same time, I, I just didn't see that, you know, and obviously people who everybody has their limits and everybody has, you know, it's like, you know what? I don't want to watch this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't see this played for a joke. And that's totally fine. Um, but I, I did not read it that way. Mm-hmm. I read it as a consensual sexual encounter up until whatever point Kurt right. wasn't into it. And then at that point he wasn't forced into sex. That's when he was tied up and right. robbed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would have had sex with Kurt and had Kurt fallen asleep. Cody would have then gotten up and robbed them. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't seem like that's what happened. And it, it, and there's no real indication of how much sex was had, you know, other than were they just sort of messing around? Was it, you know, were they just kissing and feeling each other? Like, it's not like it goes into some great detail about what this involvement was or that we necessarily think Kurt was doing something that he wouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, right? they make right. a, the joke about the teeth. I mean, they talk about it with kissing, but they're certainly alluding to something else. Of course. Yes. Uh, and yeah. also about the Rudolph. Um, but um, so Perfect Anomaly, who couldn't join us, said something um, smart in the email thread, which I am now going to try and summarize and probably mangle. So sorry in advance. Um, yes, we had a lengthy email thread prior to we did. for, for the listeners. Said really smart stuff. Oh yeah, because we just wanted to make sure nobody was yeah. doing anything stupid. You know, we we wanted to not be offended. Yeah. You know, more than we would normally would be. So, um, one of the points was basically that the way that people view assault is shaped so much based off of your own particular your own particular life experiences, but also how people felt about the episode overall. And she mentioned that um, diehard claim stands hated all the non-claim parts and pretended that it didn't happen. And that Kurt stands and multi-shippers didn't like that Kurt was basically <clears throat> slut-shamed. He was punished. He was robbed for having relations with anybody other than Blaine. And right. a lot of people just sort of hated how um, Santana and Kurt talk about this this assault the roofie and the being tied up and it was played off for laughs and um you know it sort of brings up a lot of backstory stuff about um (sighs) kurt saving himself for blaine Mm -hmm. you know in a way uh, how, how best can i explain this um yeah people is feeling the- like like basically he was because we got to see Kurt be very physical in a way that we hadn't seen him be there with Blaine and then we see this whole thing it's it's felt like it did feel like for some people that like he was being punished and that he shouldn't have been doing this this very typical I'm young I'm going to get a little bit drunk and be a little bit wild doing this very typical thing like he had all these repercussions for it because he was doing a bad thing as opposed to just a 19 year old thing yeah, and you have, like, everyone else on, almost every other character on the show is, has been with more than one person in their life. And, you know, that, um, and but, you know, they don't have, and most of them don't have, well, you know, well, a few, but, yeah. but, I mean, you know, Kurt's the one that seems to have the most repercussions from being with someone, more than one person. 
Yeah. Well, he has a really interesting line because um, later on he's back on the couch and he's talking to Santana and he says, oh, I feel like such a fool. I just wanted to get outside of myself. Let myself be free for once and right. look what happened. Yeah. And it's supposed to be an AU, but it's also very much a comment on how he is post-breakup. But but I also don't think it it doesn't it doesn't ring false. No. In terms of feelings false. that he would or wouldn't yeah. have about doing something like that. Like if what you think is that Kurt would be more circumspect under these circumstances and that he wouldn't necessarily behave this way, then for him to go, "Oh my god, I wouldn't normally have done that and I did that and look at how stupid it is and what happened." I mean, it's like that doesn't mean that he wouldn't necessarily do it again or do something similar or try and get outside of himself again, or, you know, try and be a little bit more outgoing or how he would like to put it. But um, yeah, I mean, he certainly does in season four to a certain degree. And, and you see, I think a stronger Kurt in what would be chronologically later episodes all along the way, but not every experience that you have is going to be great. No, yeah. it's just not. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and to, to portray that as being true too. I mean, could Kurt have had more of them along the way? Yeah, of course we all would have loved to have seen, you know, more of certainly more of him in season four and five and doing all of those things. But, you know, they had so many times and so many have. people. Well, in but, season five you have um, with on opening night and when they go to that club. Right. And remember, he's yeah. getting belt up, and he's in this pile of people. And by that, he had definitely you know, come out of his shell a little bit more, too. Yeah. You know, by that time, it looks like he and Blaine were regular. Right. I mean, if, if well, you're going to tell us, well, if you're going to tell a story about somebody who does something that, you know, maybe they think, oh, my God, that was stupid. Or you have your reckless New York stories. You have a limited number of characters to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it had been Rachel, everybody would send another fucking Rachel story. I mean, it's like, wh- <laughs> how do you how do you win this? And also, yeah. I wonder if it had been if it had been Rachel tied up, if it would have felt way more like an assault. much yes yes yeah. I mean, I'm I'm saying I wonder, but I know I feel I would feel that way. Yeah, um, it would. Yeah, it it would have I had like a totally different tone. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I mean, do you not, you could not have written that story at all, of course, but you know, they did and there it is and there it lays out there. And, and I don't, I mean, I, and I know, um, space orphan, one of the reasons she's not on this is because she felt like the episode was mean spirited towards the fans, but maybe we should get into that after. Cause I don't actually understand what that means. And I kind of like to talk about it after. Yeah, we definitely should. Well, we're almost done with the episode because. Okay. So wait, I, I do want to say something. Sure. So I, th- for me, the issue with the, um, like the consequences of having, having the sexy Santa over for me, the problem of having those consequences, what is that I do read the thing as an AU and most of the episode was pretty fun. So why to me, it was just like, why have that, you know, why don't you just have them all fuck and life is good. <laughs> You know, I mean, none of this is really happening anyway, probably, you know, so I get mm-hmm. that that was more I just didn't it, it it seemed not to fit for me. It seemed not to fit with the tone of the episode. But well, but mm-hmm. it does fit with the tone of Glee, much in the same way when Rachel sings in public, people either love her or throw things at her. Kurt gets shit on. 
like right but know. if it's an au why not i don't know that was just, yeah was, i agree yeah if it's true. an au why can't they just have a drunken time and because it's still know. the same set of writers but <laughs> who yeah who wrote this episode um this was ross maxwell i have it written down here what else has he written um he wrote a wedding um the claim <laughs> Britannia wedding um which one which the one wedding. was the wedding? Oh, the Clay and Britanna wedding. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't see. I'm write down what else he wrote. Who wrote this? Tina. <laughs> well, Tina does win something. She gets what she wants, so maybe yeah. she did. Christmas she gets is the angel. <laughs> okay, I'm just curious. Yeah, I didn't look it up. I could have looked it up, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't Google Dildo Island, though I'm going to when I get home, clearly. <laughs> See, I knew it was real because Santana says, which is an actual place or something like that, <laughs> in Canada. Yes, and um, the Wikipedia entry also says, um, where does it say here? Um, it says it's, it's that it's located at the entrance to Dildo Tip. <laughs> I, I giggle because I'm 12, apparently. <laughs> So if you have a sense of humor like mine. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, Rachel returns and um, says how lucky they were that they only lost their stuff, at which Kurt makes a face and she sort of corrects for that. Um, and she lets them know because she's just out there pounding the pavement, getting them jobs. They are fired from the mall, but they have another gig and it's uh, behind bulletproof glass, which will be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And they're singing in Bergdorf Goodman window. Is that a real window that they do in New York? Is that appropriate? Uh, it, it used to be, but I believe they Bergdorf is yeah. closed. I think it wasn't open at the time. But um, that was, Macy's like, windows them and so does Saks. Like they all do yeah. these like hot um like Christmas windows that people show up and like walk around and stare at all winter. So it's the three of them looking like gorgeous dolls, untouchable, yeah. not real people, no longer having real life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, singing a super religious Ooh, song. Ooh, how meta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rachel sings to a tiny version of Rachel. Um mm-hmm. And this is the part where it's like half in, uh, yeah, back half in forth. Lima, half in, and it. I feel like it ends. Um, for what this episode was, I feel like it ends on a really religious note. Um, it ends with like the star in the sky and the the lyrics. I mean, really, there's no way to say the lyrics in the way of a major are re- religious without just sounding stupid. Um, but yeah. <laughs> at risk of sounding stupid. Um, I don't know why they chose this song to be the tie-in. It makes sense that this is the song because of the nativity. Um, at this point, maybe is there a lot of songs? Is there a Christmas song they hadn't done at this point? Well, maybe for some reason. Run Rudolph, maybe, Run, maybe. I mean, yeah, I maybe know. they thought the voices would sound good together and sell. Because, well, yeah, I mean, we right. haven't talked about this, but wasn't that the entire reason? Yes, it was made. Yeah, because they needed a Christmas yeah. record. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do sound good. Yeah. Um, and they, they hadn't had they any ensemble gorgeous. of the whole cast. So, I mean, that's just kind of my guess. But, yeah. So, overall, nothing happens with the plot because it's an AU. Um, some people complain that the songs aren't that good. 
Other people complained that either the storyline or the characters like Becky were behaving terrible. A lot of people were upset that Blaine was told to shut up and he doesn't do anything in this episode. <laughs> um, so there's lots of reasons that people didn't like it. Um, but I feel like we all kind of liked it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do view it as an AU. I mean, I've done, the way sure. I see it, the, the 2012 Christmas episode was... Glee actually, and right. this was mm-hmm. this was more like a fun little. It was a little diversion. It was a, but it, it's still part of the series to me. It's it's, but it's not part of the main, uh, part of the main timeline. Which yeah, is, but, well at that point the main timeline was kind of all over the place anyway. But it was so confusing. Well, you do know I I believe Glee is a multiple timeline series, and that, <laughs> oh. that you can actually that there are multiple timelines in Glee, and that you can never expect one episode to come from where the previous one was. Oh yeah, no, that's true. That's not. And that's I, not a theory. I, that is fully, actually true. I, that's how I watch Glee. I mean, but that's true within anywhere. Episode. Yeah, it yeah. Could be, any of the, <laughs> the things could be order. happening yeah. in any timeline. Sometimes the darkest timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oftentimes, I'm just trying to figure out if it's the same day based off of if someone's wearing the same outfit or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> And How then they're wearing the same outfit, and yet there's no way that those two different conversations could have happened on yeah. the same day. So <laughs> Santana's in the bathtub. She's there. She's back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so the songs in this episode are Here Comes Santa Claus, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, Mary's Boy Child, The Chipmunk Song, Love Child, and Away in a Manger. Was this a good choice for a Christmas album release? Do you think they sold that many of them? Well, the Love Child was we- a weird choice for a Christmas album release. Weird choice but for Christmas album. Best song on the uh, best song yeah. in the episode. Yeah. But I don't know how much were they. I mean, I don't know. Were they still selling a lot of stuff at this point? I mean, Glee was definitely losing ratings by season yeah. five. Yeah, not um, so much. They weren't selling a and um because Mercedes isn't in it. Mercedes right. usually carries yeah. like ninety percent of, yeah. the Christmas of album. a Christmas episode, yeah, um, an album because yeah. She, her voice is just meant for Christmas. Like she can sing yeah. any Christmas song. She could have sung the Chipmunk song, and it would have been amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, the Chipmunk song. I don't know why they chose that for a single because it's they because like any version of the Chipmunk song, if you just do sounds it like, like that, Chipmunks, it's going to sound right. the same. Right, it just yeah. sounds like the Chipmunks. It's just um, the visuals of the scene are what make the yeah, are yeah. what make it burned in my mind. So. So the ne- okay, so my guess, or I don't know if it's what, or if this was just what everybody was thinking, or if it's factually true, was that the network was like have a Christmas episode because you have to have a Christmas episode, and and if the Glee singles weren't selling well, would the assumption by the network be that Christmas ones would sell better because even if people aren't buying the album, like they're going to be the music or you know the different mm-hmm. providers that provide the the Christmas music streams to department stores and malls and whatever need a huge amount of Christmas music so they can Christmas sell. music sells really well. Even yeah. though there's so much of it. Yeah. So yeah, every year I buy some. My assumption. They're like, we're not selling stuff. Make a Christmas episode. But, I don't know. My guess. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, not it made no around, sense to know, have a Christmas episode given their timeline. Yeah. But yeah. And they always have a Christmas episode, so I no. could see them wanting one. 
Yeah, except that that was like not what Ryan Murphy had been talking about in interviews and blah. You know, I don't know. No, not see Glee wanting one, but seeing the network wanting one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're saying also, you got to give me this with... because we're doing this marketing, we're doing this promotion. We need a Glee Christmas episode. Uh, I've seen all your scripts. Give me a Glee Christmas episode. Fit it in there somewhere. Yeah. And how could <laughs> they have made a Christmas episode? First of all, when the timeline is, I mean, it's in spring, and Finn's right. passed away. Right. They yeah, had, yeah so, they had, they had yeah. a lot of it other baggage they were dealing with. Right. Yeah. An AU episode was a good choice. I am not that fond of some of the execution. Um, but, we, but I think we can say that a little bit about that in almost every Glee episode. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Even well, as much as I love them all, and I do, except the rise and fall of Sue Sylvester, which I could live without forever. Um, I mean, but I could not. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think about um, some of the, I mean, there's really no Blaine Meta, sadly, but what did you think about some of no, the No, there was that one his, thing he said that was like his entire character. Shut up, Blaine, and then that one line. Well, yeah. he made the most, someone else on here said that he made the most of his background moments. He yeah, did. all his That's dancing true. and his angel Blaine, man. I, yeah. I swear, to, I could watch that. I could watch that over and over again. It is adorable. It is adorable. He's yeah, making faces. Does, yeah, the AU does do a decent amount of trying to get into Kurt's. Kurt really, Kurt and Santana's headspace after the breakup, and like right. why they're in sort of a painful place, and it sort of pushes them to make some choices they wouldn't normally make. Which is something um, you do after you have a breakup yeah Yeah. when you're 19 on your own for the first time yeah of course you can make you can do a lot of dumb stuff yeah sure who bought them alcohol he did he's Chaz whatever from hawaii he's like the 45 year old Chaz guy remember he's got that fake id oh that's right Chaz donaldson (laughs) from yeah that might fly in lima but i don't think that anybody here is gonna buy that i also can't remember how old would he have been season 20 because like, his, yeah, his, maybe, he would not have yeah, been 21. Maybe 20. Okay. Maybe 20. Yeah, they've had all the hard. We still have the 19. Yeah. I guess well, it's possible some... he he could have bought liquor in Bushwick and nobody would have said anything. Yeah. Chad Thompson could have. I mean, yeah. you did talk about putting cooking sherry in the egg, which that's what, like, <laughs> of course he has that for your child. <laughs> <laughs> um, they haven't gotten to the limoncello yet. No. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the read on Kurt not being able to live a life without these terrible repercussions, I, I didn't really, I didn't enjoy that part of it. Um, but because it's an AU, I can ignore it. Um, but, but I guess, you know, other than people saying it after the fact, like, that's not the first thing I thought of when I was watching it. My first thought was really, you know, sort of what I had said before. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this stupid thing. But. I mean, I guess there's a lot more. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't in fandom at the time. I did not have any of the surrounding conversations to think about while watching it. It was a it was a hard place to be in when fandom because if you if you didn't hate it, yeah, there weren't a lot of places to talk about that. Yeah, and right. you couldn't like reblog a gift set even if even if the episode even if it was a gift from like you know um, love child or you know some completely innocent scene, right? You had to tag for a warning for it. Yeah. 
And I'm all for being respectful for people and like, you know, I'm yeah. not trying to make somebody have sure, a bad of course. time. I, I'm not trying to in their piss anybody out. Place. I wouldn't yeah, do I mean, that. But. Yeah. I tag every episode, so. I, I you've seen my tags. I'm I used to be a really good tagger. <laughs> no longer. Well, I well the, the thing is I stopped reblogging stuff because I'm like I don't have enough time to write all the tags. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now I'm now I'm just like I've started reblogging things without tagging them. So I think I need to change. I think my description still says tags religiously. Like I mean I had this very I had this very detailed tagging system, which you I just did. need to ignore. Because yeah. I like hardly do anything on Tumblr because I'm like, I can't, if I'm on my phone, I can't remember the tags. My thumbs yeah. hurt. And, and also, Tumblr has purged tags so many times. There's no way yes. to know whether your tags are even still there, to be perfectly honest. Oh, have they? Oh, yeah. Well, every once in a while, it seems like there's some kind of update. And the ones that I was using, go they don't show up in the autofill anymore. So then uh, I yeah, go yeah. and I search for them and I find them because I want to be fastidious about it. Uh, yeah. And then I reuse them again and kind of put them back into the system. Yeah, but also Fulfer and Kurt Hummel never show up in my auto tags, even though like they're the two most the most used tags, tags I use. Yeah, oh. I'm like, it, no, this is not about Kurt Cobain. I have never posted <laughs> Kurt Cobain <laughs> on my phone. It's in the actual autocorrect, so I can accidentally embarrass myself out in the real world if I'm not careful. <laughs> well, I do have actually. I did realize that my that my phone did have, you know, um, there's the thing where it will predict your next word when you're texting, yeah. which mm-hmm. I didn't notice for a long time. And then yes. I realized when I, um, at some point on Tumblr, I was like, what if I put, cause one of my tags for Kurt Chris is killing me softly with his, hmm. oh. and <laughs> that, so that's it's the only tag. tag that works. Cause I can start writing killing and the, and <laughs> autocorrect or autofill, whatever figures that out really fast. And then I just can tap the next thing. And that's like, but that's the only, yeah. Anyway, yeah. if I'm not objectifying him, I don't know how to tag stuff. On my <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> well, on like mobile right now, right. Right well, now I on mobile, it's right. I'm sorry, what you saying? use the tags that the if you're reblogging something on mobile right now, it suggests you it gives the you all the tags the other on the previous. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I've seen people accidentally using, using all someone else's like tags. my tags. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> I've like, seen that a couple times. Nobody's using oh, mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't my, think anyone's doing it. Like these are great. I want to use these. I think it's just like this is what came up, or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's technology. I don't fully so, understand it. Anyway, sorry, you can, Pam. You can cut all this stuff out. Um, <laughs> uh, so I want to ask a question. Back to my other question about why was this seen as being mean to fandom? Well, I think I, a it's a genuine of, question. I'm not trying no, to. No, like, I think a lot of people felt like glee was doing its best to sort of crap on all the things that we liked or basically going out of its way to just make a really nasty episode um like they were forced to make this episode which i, I mean forced who knows how much obviously but like they were basically they were forced to make this episode and that they were basically just being really snarky and nasty about it and they were like fine you get this and it's sort of like a Ugh. Like it's it's there's something that was just distasteful about the episode, and so people felt like it was kind of a slap in the face. Like it could have been anything, and yet it's they chose all they made all these choices. Um, 
I mean, it's possible that that was directed at the network. Like, okay, you guys want an episode? Okay, we're going to write. Right, we're going to give you this ridiculous perceived trash pile, trash pile, <laughs> and yeah, you guys are just going to have to take it. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just too out of touch with with like like the the main trends or feelings in fandom because I, I I still don't understand it. Like, what what are the things that fandom holds dear besides Clane? You know, or is that it? I, I yeah what are the things that fandom holds dear? Because that's a question. And then I can talk more if I need to. It's a but good I, question. I'm not sure I know how to answer it. Okay. Do you want me to answer that? And I was like, Oh, oh yeah. Come okay. on. Hey, voice of yeah. God, come answer it. <laughs> no, you are. I actually, it's, it's more so. Um, and, and we can cut this out if you feel like it, because I think that when, what perfect anomaly said is more so to my point. Um, in that, like, it, you know, and it wasn't just the claim thing for me. Like, I'm not really offended by anything in this ha- that happens in the episode. It's more mm-hmm. of, like, because it, it, it felt like they were going out to be the most offensive. Like, it wasn't just crap on claim, but, like, you know, people wanted Kurt to be more sexual. But, hey, we're going to slut shame him instead. And, Hey, we're not oh, going to make yes, Santana lesbian enough. And hey, let's crap on Christians because they're an easy target. And it's just like everything added up to like, let's just be mean and obnoxious. And I'm it just, it's for me personally, I, it's not my sense of humor. I'm not like completely like, oh, I hate this episode. It's horrible. Like a lot of fandom was. It's just kind of like, okay, it didn't settle with me. Um, and, and I'm not abstaining from the podcast hundred percent. Like, Oh, I, I can't do this podcast. Sergey and I talked about it and we thought it'd be really fun to do an AU thing. And of course. Just get me out of like, no, I, you know, I, I, I don't like to dwell too much on things that I don't like. And so having you guys all talk about positive stuff is great. So I think you guys, this conversation has been fantastic, but like, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm super mad because it looked like Kurt was sexually assaulted. It's more of like a just did all of the, the sum or the it, of all of these like little parts that it just felt distasteful to me. So hmm. I don't know if there are a that... lot of people who didn't feel that it was an AU. They they just they don't accept that. And so because of that, all of the over the top stuff just felt like too much. Because they felt like they it was trying to slot backwards. Did people genuinely think this was a lost episode at the time? I don't. Well, I, I don't think. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to I mean, say yes to that. But because yes. it seems clear that it's not. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't. See, when I don't like. I knew it was definitely AU, and I, I there were a couple of people who were trying to fit it in, and I'm like, well, I mean, you can try, but it, it is an AU. You, you can't. Yeah, I mean, so. you. So for me, I guess in trying to understand the the fandom reaction, like I look at this and yeah, it's really offensive, but so was like Glee in the first season was like, or, or irreverent Glee in the first season was like super irreverent. I mean, I had friends who couldn't watch after the first or second episode when, yes. when Terry started yeah. faking the pregnancy because they thought that was so offensive. And it is. I mean, I you know, it depends on your sense of humor. I totally yes. understand the friends who were like, or I, or, you know, I had actually have one friend who loves Glee, but will not watch any of that stuff because she finds it so disturbing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to me, that's like the disturbing and, stuff is what glee 
the, the glee humor yes. is for me. And yes. when it's not nice. being that way, it doesn't feel like glee as much to me. I mean, I, I still yeah. watch it. And so is the difference because now we're more attached to the characters mm-hmm. and then we're being offensive or is the kind of irreverence and offensiveness different? I guess that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, I, I can't, I don't know if I can sit and give you a hundred, like a cut clear, like this was totally offensive to me. I just, I, I think that a lot of times, like even in the earlier seasons, I can stomach like Terry, I mean, I never really liked Terry, but I could stomach that because of the things that I did like. And this one mm-hmm. kind of just takes all of that away. But again, I'm not like, I'm not personally offended. I just like the, oh, I think that the combination of just kind of the over the topness meshed with how how fandom reacted to it. It's just it right. it has that it leaves that lingering taste. So if I had watched this episode yeah. completely free of any kind of fandom um you know, baggage. Right. I'm sure I have a much different opinion on it. And, right. I mean, because yeah. I just found that I mean, you're talking about things that Glee does offensively. I mean, a lot of the casual racism in the first oh, yeah. three seasons oh, in particular yeah. is way worse than anything that's done here. Yeah. I feel. Well, and I, I, I mean, even at one point, oh. like Kitty talks about how the love child thing was totally offensive, and Unique says racist. Yeah. I also yeah, that agree is, yeah. with you guys that, like, I just didn't want to really get into it on the podcast, but I right. do agree with you no, guys. No, no, I understand. That, I'm just curious. Um, about the, like, the, the, like, chill out about, like, the whole pearl clutching and, like, Kurt not being able to, like, no, like, he can do that. He's 19 and single or whatever, you know, like, calm down. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, Clayne is ruined for you forever. Like, you know, yeah. I just, I, I do yeah. know that in fandom at the time, there were one or two people, I'm not going to say it was a huge number, but there were legitimately a couple of people who they defined assault in a certain way because of personal experiences they had. Right. And And that's always going to happen. And no matter what fandom you're in or what TV show you're watching, there are always going to be things where members of the fandom and sometimes prominent members of the fandom, now that everything is online, it's like, this is enough and I can't deal with this anymore. And they just remove themselves from it. And, and that's, that's just, you, you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. I mean, I respect that. That's, that's of course. And and I I feel a little bit bad for like, just being like, okay guys, we're going to have to like cautiously approach it. And I'm like, you guys are all great. And you've had a great conversation. And I'm like, I really didn't, I needed to calm myself down, you know, because I think we're (laughs) in fandom now that we can have these conversations and we're not going to get hate mail and we're not, you know, we can talk about like the Kurt meta of it. And I don't right. think it will be a problem. I don't think that this, those people who were horribly offended have left a long time ago. So, yeah, right. I mean, tensions are definitely, I, I mean, obviously the tensions, any tensions in the fandom now certainly revolve around things that are extra to Glee itself. I right. feel, but right. I yeah. mean, for the 12 people who are left, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all, who are all on this podcast. Well, I think there are a few more than 12 because I, I, I read AO3 often and I look at the additional stars and stuff, or, you know, the additional likes. So there are people, they might just not be vocal or maybe they don't have Tumblr accounts. So maybe there's like 30. (laughs) Yeah. I've also noticed a few people who are considerably younger than myself who were like, I was into this when I was in in my early teens. Oh yeah. I decided that I like it again. And I'm like, not like now that I'm old, now that I'm 19, I've decided to come back. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Oh my God. I know. (laughs) 
But Sladius, is that helpful? I mean, does that make sense? I yeah. Guess. Oh, yeah, 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 no. I mean, I was just curious because, I mean, obviously there are certain aspects of making a TV show that I look at from the other side. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of sympathy for showrunners. And I have a lot of sympathy for the struggle that they go with when they're fighting their network and to what they want to do and what they have to do. And on a show like Glee, especially where you're talking about working 22 hour days, Mm -hmm. it's, it's expensive. The network is spending a ton of money and they're going to sometimes want what they want. And that is not always going to be in line with what the creators of the show want. And, you know, you know, and I know that in every show and you can cut all this crap out too, if you want to, there's like always some tension between what fans think should be on the air and what showrunners want to do. But I guarantee you the fans who complain the loudest, if this were their show, they'd be enraged if people tried to tell them That's what true. to write. Well, and one thing to go along with that, I think so, um, that you guys didn't mention and um, was that I think part of that ending going back and breaking the fourth wall part of it was them saying like, we could have, giving you like Kurt sleeping around or whatever, but that's not the story we want to tell. We want to right. tell this other story with this more romantic story or whatever you want to talk about, like with the newbies or whatever. And that mm. is the story we're more interested in. So yeah, we ha- we right. can hear you. We hear that you're complaining that clean isn't making out enough and we don't care. We want to, we mm. want to write the story our way. And in that right. way, well, I, maybe, I, I think I object to phrasing it as they don't care. Yeah, okay. Because yes, I think right. they do care. It's like, but that, we're not doing that. And I sort of, sometimes I think, look at the gift they gave you with yeah. the freaking True. fan fiction in this Glee universe. It's like they, they gave you the fandom a gift. Yeah. <laughs> look well, at what I, you can do. Yeah. Yes. And I have to say the other thing, just when when um, Space Orphan was talking, I, I kind of misunderstood what you were saying oh. and heard the, op- no, I, I understood after, but I heard the opposite and I was like, oh yeah, they were showing with this AU how horrible, like they could make everything and how <laughs> they could make it like something we didn't like. And so now they're showing, this isn't, we're not choosing for, for Kurt to, to, to live it up. We're, we're choosing for him to, to go back to blame. And then maybe that's, that's what this angel. whole episode is about, is about this is the crap we're, we're not doing to you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, how you interpret it. It's all AU. Yeah. I guess, yeah. That's kind and of- the Christmas AU is a tradition with Glee. Typically yes. not the yeah. whole episode, but always Artie's walking. There's always or, something, right? Well, and something that <laughs> Artie... Leprechaun. Something that RB had said, um, if she had been here, she would have said this, that she watched this for the first time last Christmas because I made her watch it. And Mm. she said, you know, I don't think they went far enough. Like, they, not so much in the -the over-the-topness, but in the, like, they could have done something really fantastic with, like, a future or a side story or make them all in the 19th century. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They could have They had to use the costumes they had. Yeah. 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 But I have to thank them for not giving us another shoe storyline. Oh, yeah. So, right. Yeah, he's not in it. Okay, so do you want me to back out and I'll let you guys go ahead and finish however you'd like to? So. Well, thank you. Oh, you're well, welcome. Yeah, thank know. you. I mean, do we have that much more to talk about? I don't know. Do, uh, I don't know. So do we, we need to do some kind of wrap up sense? I'm not I'm sure what. Oh, I was cutting it. Where it's being edited. Do you want me to say, like, because I feel like the whole point was, like, for me to stay out of it, but if you feel that it's important to have my part in it i'll leave that in oh i thought your part was great okay i was great keep that yeah Yeah. okay i'm sorry 
understanding and like you help me understand. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and you guys well, have been there... great too. I, I, one thing that I really like about doing the podcast and getting people who like the particular episodes on is that they can keep it positive. They'd be like, oh, I like this thing and I like this thing. And then a lot of times when, you know, you're going back through it, then, it, you know, the things that really make you mad feel lessened because you have somebody that's so passionate about it. And I really appreciate that coming through. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Go ahead and start. You can take us out. Um, well, I guess that wraps it up. Unless anybody else has anything else they wanted to add. No. no? I'm okay. just curious how much fan fiction came out of this episode. Was it like the lowest amount or... <laughs> I still remember your fanfic while right about the um the Rudolph yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> which I actually yeah. wrote like all, like a long time later because I was just like looking around on the Glee kink meme trying to think of some throwaway crap to write that nobody would want to read. <laughs> I will oh, well. also add, you guys are gonna think I'm the geekiest person on the planet. About two hours ago, when you guys were wondering what Will and Sue's slow motion episode of season one that was Throwdown. Just yes. Oh, yeah. I knew it was the one where they split them up. But I didn't even have to look that up. I couldn't remember the name. It's really sad. But anyway, go ahead, Snarky. <laughs> Did I you would find hope you a slow wouldn't. motion xylophone? No, I didn't. Oh, it's just in my mind. No. I mean, yeah. I think it's there, but I'm, I don't remember what episode. No, it's fine. It it's just seems like there could have been some really good Blaine fan fiction since he didn't talk hardly, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and Jake would have been interesting, but oh well. Anyway, Jake had a couple lines. Yeah, but, not but yeah, ones. he did. Right, but Ryder got to deliver the baby. So did so did Blaine. They didn't have lots of lines. That's just what yeah. I'm thinking. So yeah, Blaine didn't even get to sing, but at least he didn't. Yeah, he did. At him. He totally got to sing, but just in ensembles, which is the unusual. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that he not did. in a regular Blaine way. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Um, it was a really interesting conversation, and I totally appreciate it. Uh, join us next week, and we'll be talking about frenemies. Have a good evening, and we will see you next Sunday. You make me feel so young You make me feel like spring has sprung